West Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks Podcast Studio B. This is the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcast, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Hey, get the apps. I am happy to report that people are tuning in worldwide. And I'm also now seeing that there are many other ways to listen to the podcast. I'm not familiar with these, but uh, along with the other ones I mentioned, we have a list of others. Safari, Victor Reader, uh, through the Facebook app, Chromecast. Uh, Many listening that way as well. But listen to this. Starting at the top, you got the good old USA, New Zealand, Nigeria, Philippines, Singapore. We've got Australia, Canada, India, Thailand, Brazil, Chile, Cyprus, the UK, Hong Kong, and Mexico. Thank you for tuning in to the new old school podcast, spreading the good news. Thank you very much. How is everybody doing today? Isn't that amazing that uh, the technology that we have today, and I'm not talking about, you know, one or two people tuning in from these other places. These are some impressive numbers that are starting to come in. What amazing tools we have to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we ought to be taking advantage of them as we are here today on the new Old School Podcast. Spreading the good news. Thank you very much. How are you doing? We are in a series, a long series, titled Doorways to Deception. Bum, bum, bum. Now, this one, I'm really dragging this out because I am segmenting this into little bites, right? I'm, I'm wanting to be sure that I don't just lump all of this together, but that I can really effectively get you to recognize the ways that the devil, the enemy, the father of lies, the deceiver of the brethren... That old serpent, Satan, how is it that he seems to continue to gain access in our lives? Seems strange knowing that he's a defeated foe, that he's been stripped of all authority and power. How in the world does he seem to still have an effect on our lives? Well, for one, he is persistent, if nothing else. And unfortunately, maybe more so than we are. As the Bible says, he's always seeking whom he may devour. So he's always coming by. He's always checking for doorways left open to gain access. But we have to recognize these doorways, how it is that we are allowing openings for the devil to come. Because as Ephesians 4 says, neither give place to the devil. That's telling me he can't just walk up and affect my life without permission. And I know that's a strange way of saying it because we wouldn't ever do that willfully. But that's what we're talking about. The devil needs permission to affect your life. How is it that we're giving him permission? Well, by partnering with the lies that he tells us, thus causing us to agree with him because he tricks us, he fools us, he defrauds us to come into agreement with his lies, and boom, there you go. He can now walk into your life, and we suffer in some form because of that. So we've been taking some time to recognize what are these doorways that he's looking for so that we can shut him down, lock him up, keep him out. We've seen all kinds of things, some some very extreme things, like people who do not believe that the Bible is actually the word of God, or those who don't believe there is a devil. Uh, you know, I just saw this this morning. Gosh. I say unbelievable, but I, nowadays, I don't know. 
So I see this video of a man, right? This minister's in a suit. He's in his pulpit claiming to be a minister. And I say claiming. Standing in his pulpit in two things. There's no rapture of the church. Okay, well, you know, that's kind of been a debate for some time between denominations. So, you know, I've heard that one before. But then he said, and by the way, Jesus did not raise up out of the grave. And I'm telling everybody that's listening to me that I will pay your living expenses for your entire life if you can bring me definitive proof that he did. But you won't because he didn't. It's a lie. (sighs) What? He's claiming he's a Christian? I mean, now, if you were claiming you were some other religion, he's claiming he's a Christian Pastor, this man right here is setting himself up for some terrible. This isn't this 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 isn't a doorway to deception. This is a highway to hell. Are you kidding me, dude? This man right here is setting himself up for terrible trouble. But see, that's what I'm talking about. There are some really extreme thoughts out there, and uh, on that video, a lot of people were amening and agreeing with him. How do you get to that point? Well, he said it. He felt, for one, that uh, the deception that we discussed in a previous podcast, the Word of God is inaccurate, filled with contradictions and written by men and flawed. That's what he believes. But he's a Christian pastor using the parts of the Bible that he wants to use, but then he recognizes, because he's more educated than us, the parts that you should use and the parts that you shouldn't. Whatever, man. That's what he believes. So we have some that uh, don't think it matters what you think, say, or do. Friends, we've got us a battle here. I'm telling you what, that is dangerous. So dangerous. I mean, this man's claiming to be a Christian pastor. Those that don't think they can do anything against the devil, he's just too powerful. We're talking about some of the deceptions that we've looked at. We discussed tradition versus the reality of scriptures where doctrines and man's reasonings and traditions have made some death to the power of God or the word of God. Now, I could, probably won't talk about lust uh, in a full podcast. I think that to be obvious, that God created desires in us and the devil perverts those. And we could use that word desire to describe more than a lust for sex, let's say, or physical issues of a sexual nature. Because we can lust after all kinds of things, right? But the main thing that I want to draw your attention back to is the devil is so tricky that he's looking at the long game. And in the end, the idea is just to make you as ineffective as possible. So he can use lust to achieve that in what we know that once you have tried to satisfy a lustful desire not of God, then what? Well, fear comes in, guilt and shame, and again, to paralyze you, to stop you from being a doer of the word because... If the believers could ever really see the potential of the word of God working through their lives, oh my goodness, we would be unstoppable. I mean, imagine that we pray and people get healed, miracles. Imagine, hey Lord, I have this need and met, boom, done. There it is, met. Ministering the truth to somebody lost with no sense of guilt or shame and being bold as a lion and people getting born again everywhere you go. Baptizing people in the Holy Ghost. Well, This is the reality of what God wants in your life. And yes, along the way, you being highly favored and blessed. And the devil can't have it. So he's always trying to cast a shadow on the doers of the word. That's what he's after. No problem. You can hear it. Just don't do it. 
because of that too in and of itself, it brings condemnation to us, doesn't it? Well, I just can't seem to do what I know the Bible says, you know? So what about, what about that deception of, I just can't seem to do the word? You know, I, Donnie, I, I, I can't seem to do the word. Let me see if I can set this up today. I, I've got something in mind that I want to try to get out here. So uh, how about Apostle Paul? I, I mean, we know his background very well, and we're talking about doing the word. And uh, let me just read this. And I, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I, I, I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Jesus Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. I love that the apostle Paul is recognizing that, hey, God is so good and he's so merciful. No, guys, I've done all kinds of things, but God. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So he's saying in context, hey, Timothy, listen, it's time to get going, buddy. Time to get going. No, you've been hearing it. You've been hearing it. But listen, it's your time. Don't forget the things spoken over you. Let's take that encouragement and let's go. Get going. Get started. Because, hey, I'm sure, I'm sure you may have blown it, right? But look at my life, Timothy. I'm telling you, God is good and he's merciful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to blow it along the way. I promise you. But God is good. He is merciful, and he's wanting you back in the fight to be a doer of the word. And and I love that at one point, Paul even says, you know, why is it? Now imagine, he's been in ministry for a while when he speaks about this observation, right? This wasn't when he he was new in ministry. He's, He's done some things, been some places. Why does it seem like I just cannot do the things that I know I'm supposed to do? You know what, on the other hand, why does it always seem that I do the things I know I shouldn't do? Eh, well, but you know what? I'm going to go on and run my race. No, no excuses for it. But at the same time, no excuse to stop doing the word of God. So do not allow the devil access through the lies that God does not or cannot use you. The devil's looking to freeze you. Don't buy the lie of human willpower to stop doing things. That's what we do. And then we get fearful and we get desperate. I got all these issues in my life. And, you know, I'm talking the sin actions that we recognize. And so we say, well, see, because of those things, I cannot. And that's how the devil freezes us, right? He gets you so buried under that. Because if you don't fully have it under control immediately and know that you're totally set free from it, And the fear in your mind is, well, I've repented, but I might do it again. The devil's like, you will do it again. And because of that, you better just sit back because you're not ready. You're not ready. 
there are things that we have gotten figured out in our lives, sins that we don't trip up on anymore. And then we have those ones that I call repeat offenders. So what are we going to do then? We know we all have those particular ones that we are repeat offenders. Some we've gotten under control, some we still struggle. So what are you to do? Just throw the towel, throw the towel in. Is that it? That's what the devil wants. Here's the thing that I've discovered and I've proven out in my own life. This is something that the devil does not want you to know. Uh, let, me, let me form it this way. Uh, you remember the big campaign that came out? Let's see, when would that have been? Mm. I think I remember in the mid-90s, late 90s, mid-90s, the big came, uh, campaign that came out, WWJD, right? People had bracelets, we had the T-shirts, we had the bumper stickers. And all that was to be a reminder to us that, hey, in any circumstance, what would Jesus do? And just do that. Very smart. An amazing campaign. That was really cool. I mean, that's a great idea. And it was. It was a great, what would Jesus do, right? Oh, but the church. Oh, thank you. The church, in all of her infinite great wisdom, decided that this was just too much for us stupid people to handle. So they took that WWJD and made it into what wouldn't Jesus do? Stop doing this. Stop doing that. So we changed the focus to the sin and we took it off of the answer. Well, Jesus wouldn't drink. Jesus wouldn't cuss. Jesus wouldn't. And now, Tradition comes into our lives. Here's the truth that I discovered about this doorway, this lie. If you will get so busy doing the things that Jesus did, you'll find you got a whole lot less time to do what Jesus wouldn't do. That's the trick. Because the more you're doing the word, and I'm talking about right now, in whatever state that you are currently in, in your walk with him, The word works, and the devil wants you to think that it won't because of your sin and your lifestyle. No, the word works, and the moment you decide, okay, okay, I'm stepping out, God will meet you right where you are, and suddenly what I discovered is the more that I worked the word, the more the word worked, and suddenly things I used to do, I lost the desire to do them because of the amazing fruit that this produces causes one to not have a desire for that old rotten fruit anymore. Great example. I remember I was struggling with smoking, right? I I dropped a lot of other things out of my life and I was really struggling with smoking, right? And smoking won't make you go to hell. You'll just smell like you've been there. And so I'm struggling with this, right? And, And it was a conviction I had in my heart. It was just, man, and it was something the devil was tripping me up. I mean, I quit drugs, I quit drinking, I quit running around, right? I mean, and I'm involved in the church and I'm ushering and then I'm the head usher. But I have the smoking problem, right? Right, and, and, you know, worried about people smelling it on me and having to sneak around, you know, all the things we do. And, and tried to quit, didn't quit, tried to quit, didn't quit. And so what I discovered was instead of worrying so much about that, I really began to dive into what I was doing at church and, and doing it more and more and, and not getting so hung up on, on the conviction of feeling bad about smoking because I, you know, in the natural, tried everything I could do and, and, and talking to God about it, Lord, help me, but I've got this desire I can't, for some reason, I'm, I, you know, I wasn't one of those that somebody laid hands on and there was that instant deliverance from 
smoking cigarettes. I mean, that has happened for some folks. That desire is gone, man. And that's amazing. And I've seen that happen, but I wasn't one of those. And so I'm, it was my last hangup that the devil had, you know, never mind that you quit smoking weed all the time and dropping acid and, you know, taking speed, you know, forget, you know, that you're still smoking, you know, but I mean, major conviction. And I wanted to stop. I mean, it just, it was there, right? The desire to press in more to God, but see, that was the lie. I can still press in more to God. Uh, Side note in this story, a, a particular friend of mine who uh, was struggling later in life with smoking as well, but she was loving to minister to people, got really convicted and stopped ministering to people. Like she was good at, at street ministry. And, and she's like, but I, Don, I keep smoking and, and I know it's on my breath. And I said, wait, 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 wait. I said, are you telling me that if you speak the word of God out of your mouth, that cigarette smoke breath has the power to diffuse the power of the word of God because you have cigarette, there's cigarette smoke on your, on your breath. Like, so you're not doing that now because you smoke. I'm like, so are you telling me that, that smoking and the smell of it is stronger than the word of God? Cause you believe in your heart, right? I mean, you, you've got faith. The word of God works, right? It's powerful. Yeah. So, you're saying, see, and that's the trick of the devil right there. I told her, I said, why don't you just go out there and keep preaching with cigarette breath and see what happens? So my point being this, the, right? I'm circling back around to this. The, I just, Jen Pisaki, I'm circling back. The more I worked the word, the word worked. And suddenly the things I used to do, I had no desire to do it because of the fruit that it produced caused me not to have a desire for that old rotten fruit anymore. Willpower didn't do it. Friends, it was truly getting in the word of God and it pushed out the desires. That's how it worked for me. That's how it worked for that particular person that I was talking about. It was recognizing that I still got to move forward though. Just like the apostle Paul said, I still got to move forward though. But in doing that, guys, I'm telling you, it's the law of displacement. And the more you do the word, the more the word will do. And the more you get filled with the word, it pushes out. I mean, a last desire, I even enjoyed smoking, right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I enjoyed it and even tried to justify it at times. Well, gosh, I've quit all these other things. This is at least, uh, you know, this is socially acceptable. And, but I'm, I mean, all the excuses and everything gone, I'm telling you, it pushed it out of my life to where I didn't even desire it anymore. And you can put anything in there. It doesn't have to be smoking, but just my particular instance. You must begin to do the word of God and walk in the light that you have right now. So I had a man come up to me at the tent revival we just finished with, and he said, uh, well, I'm dealing with this, and I'm dealing with that and the other, you know, and the other physically. He said, but spiritually, you know what? I'm just full of doubt. He said, but I love Jesus, and I know he's good. I said, well, then walk in that light. Jesus is good, and you love him. Let's run with that for now. Imagine stepping, stepping out into the word if you're this man. Well, I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that, but I'll tell you what, I sure love Jesus and I know that he loves me and I know that he's good. Imagine doing scripture with just that at the forefront. You think that's enough to produce any results? Of course it is. So as we step out to do anything in the word, no matter how simple it may seem, that's allowing God to see that you've just walked in the light and then what? more will be given unto you. Let me say this too. 
set realistic expectations. Ah, man, I have seen this so many times here at the Midwest Healing Center. Somebody going to walk in and, and, and try to just kind of getting used to the church or used to word or used to just, you know, just kind of starting their, their walk with God and getting serious and hearing some stories or some things that maybe I've done, you know, that's taken me 25 years to, to walk through. And, and then all of a sudden, well, I want to do that. And, and so they're going to go try it. They're going to go try it. You have to set realistic expectations. Don't go try raising the dead if you haven't even had faith to see your pinky toe healed, right? I only use that story because that's how mine went. I, I'm not even going to get into that story, but that is how it happened for me. Pinky toe, that's where it started. Walk in the light that you have, right? So look at Jesus. Here's Jesus, the son of God. Now, you would have thought, what a great marketing plan. I'm using that cheap, a cheap saying here, right? What a, what a great marketing plan for Jesus to start his ministry. And him, him and his mama were out walking and, and uh, they were on the way to, let's say, this, this, uh, this party, right? And uh, let's say they were on their way there and a chariot ran over somebody and it killed them. And, and Jesus's mother goes over there and says, Jesus, you have to do something. Well, woman, what does that have to do with me? My time has not yet come. And she says to the people gathering around, whatever he says, you do it. And then he says, raise this man from that. That would, I mean, for Jesus's first miracle, I mean, you talk about a marketing standpoint. Wow. Raising somebody from the dead. No, instead, Jesus and his mother make it to the party with no trouble. And they get to the party and they've run out of wine. And she says, hey, they don't have any wine. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't the one that initiated it. He's like, yeah. And then she says, whatever he says, you do it. And he's like, am I going to say something? I guess my mother said, I'm going to say something. Well, fill, them, fill the pots up. To the, right? His first miracle was water to wine. Then he heals a nobleman's son. Then he's driving out an evil spirit, a demon, then he speaks to a fever and it leaves. Then he heals all these people who came. He cleanses a man of leprosy, healed a paralyzed man and another one and a man with a withered hand. And then he raised someone from the dead. Now he's calming the sea. He's changing weather patterns. Can you see the progression as the intensity of the miracles increased as Jesus walked in the light that he had? And it didn't take long to say, well, water into wine. What about a body? What about driving out evil spirits? What about raising someone from the dead? Walk in the light that you have. Step out and grasp what you can believe. And don't sweat the things you don't have figured out just yet. But do not wait. If you do, there's a deception there. You are opening a door for the devil. And he will convince you you're never going to be ready enough to be able to do it. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Did you catch it? He said you need the eyes of your understanding enlightened or open so that you can understand, to know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches 
of glory, the exceeding greatness of God's power. We need to have our eyes opened to all these things. And on top of that, he says, oh yeah, and the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is now in your flesh. So yeah, yeah, you can do it. If Jesus could, you can too, because I gave you the same spirit that is a can-do spirit that I put into Jesus. James 1.22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself and he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he that looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. So the Greek word for forgets means to lose out of mind by neglect. That makes sense, right? You don't do something for a while, you kind of forget how to do it. So that perfect law of liberty is the word of God. He that looks into the word of God and continues in it will be blessed. Makes sense, right? You won't soon forget. As you continue to look into the word, but then you continue to do the word, you won't be forgetful. So what are we saying today? You have to keep God's word in mind. The Bible has got to be your brains in every situation that comes. It doesn't matter how great or how small, you keep God's word in mind and you step out into that perfect law of liberty and and you watch the word of God work in every stage of your life and you'll soon find that it has and that it is working in every stage and then it makes it easy to step out and to really be a doer of the word. Do not allow Satan to tell you that you can't do the word. As Paul said, hey, there is mercy. There's grace for that. Right? No, I I don't have it all figured out, but this one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind, but I'm always looking ahead and running that race. I'm going to keep on keeping on and doing the word because the devil, I, I know that the word will do for me. The devil, such a liar, such a liar. Thank you for joining me today. That's all the time that I have. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Get out there and get to doing it. I mean, Jesus' mother, she, she created the slogan for Nike. Just do it. Attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous.